so awkward. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And we're here today for episode 14 to talk to you about Social Creature. Yes, this is a remote episode. So I am in Florida and Grace is in New York. So hopefully the tech stuff works out and we sound like we're in the same room and you don't even notice. Yeah, we're learning some new skills this week. It's a little depressing here in Brooklyn because usually I'd be sitting here looking at Becca's pretty face and instead I'm just sitting here looking at the wall. Well, we're Google Hangouting, so you can pull up the tab and you can still look at my face. I'm in a closet here in Florida because my friend Rachel told me that that's good for sound acoustics. Um, So, yeah, it's a little awkward. Yeah, it's a little weird, but we're doing our best. Um, It's been a challenging couple weeks for Becca. Yeah. And I was in Asia. So, So, um... This episode, so when the last episode from last Wednesday, we actually recorded about two weeks ago before Grace left for Asia because we wanted to give ourselves a little time. So in real life time, it's been like two and a half weeks, even though in podcast time, it's only been like a week and a couple days. So um, we're a little late with this episode. I've been, I've been having a shitty month, um, about six hours before uh, our flight to Asia, I found out that my uncle, who is like a father to me, uh, is was in the hospital. And so uh, canceled my trip. And I've been in Florida, which is where he lives ever since. And things are not awesome. So um, sorry we're late, but I have a good excuse. And I don't really care yeah. if you think it's a good excuse. <laughs> um, yeah. Should should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Highs and lows. Um, Tell me your highs, Grace. I'm just living so, through other people's highs right now. My high was definitely Asia, even though I was alone, which was terrifying at first, but I figured it out. Um so that goes without saying. Asia was amazing. I have I'll put like travel guides up on my blog and and whatnot. Okay, the I other have a high, couple follow up questions. Yes. Okay, so you went to three places. What was your favorite place that you went? My favorite place was was Cambodia. Um, the temples were just incredible, like Angkor Wat, and um, all like I did four different temples in one day, and that was incredible. But Koh Samui was amazing, too, because I just, like, really needed some beach time to just, like, sit and lay there and read and drink tropical drinks. So I would say that basically everything besides Bangkok was really amazing. Okay. What was the best thing that you ate? What was your favorite meal? Ooh. I think it would be actually in Cambodia where I went to that place that you made us a reservation. Um, there is this restaurant in Cambodia where it's $31 for a six course tasting menu and everything I ate was just incredible. I had this amazing duck soup. I had, um, this like really good shrimp thing. I didn't even know what I was eating half the time, but it was so good. And then dessert was this black bean creme brulee, which they put a lot of beans and different things over there. And I was like, I'm not going to like this, but I loved it. Ooh. So I would say that. And then at the Ritz, like everything that they made was amazing. But it was, it, you know, it could be like at a, a Western Ritz. Like it was 
it was really good, but it was um, I, what was more special to me was like the more local stuff. Okay, last follow up question: How many massages did you get? Six, actually Ugh. seven if you count the airport. <laughs> it's like thirty dollars for a massage over there. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Yeah, except for now, I've I've come back and went to yoga and pulled a muscle in my waist. So we're not on lows yet. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, stay sorry. on highs. We're not on lows. Yes. Um, my other high was Becca texting me about BBG. I don't know why I was so entertained by this, but Becca started BBG while she was down in Florida, and just the text messages that were coming through. That workout is so hard. It's like 28 minutes of pure hell. So let's not give me too much credit. So I have been complaining because I'm in like suburban Florida and there's no soul cycle. There is a Pilates studio, but I haven't gone there. And so Grace suggested that I try BBG, which is like Kayla. I don't know how do you say her last name. She's like Instagram us? famous. Yeah. Yeah. It's like her workout thing. So she's she, grace is the guy she sent it to me and i did it once i was supposed to do it yesterday and i did not um it's 28 minutes it's like four sets of seven minutes it's so hard and i looked at it and i didn't think it was gonna be that hard and so i was like live texting grace through my death doing it i don't know i put it on my instagram story and a lot of people who i know were telling me that they've done it and it like changed their life so i do want to try to do it but i i don't know i'm <laughs> also not in a place to do regular workouts yeah just just do it casually until you're you're ready but everyone yeah. who's done it like the before and after photos that people post oh I got super insane. into that on google it's a total rabbit hole yeah yeah Becca what was your high besides bbg that wasn't my high that was I'm kidding <laughs> I mean it wasn't a low but it wasn't a high um yeah. so I guess my <laughs> I don't have a lot of highs right now I guess my high of two one is that my people have, like, come out for me. So, like, Grace texted me twice a day, every day, the entire time she was in Asia to check on me. Like, all of my friends have, you know, just, like, called, texted. It's been really nice to have everyone be there for me. Um, it's, like, I'm starting to feel bad because I've been here for two and a half weeks and I'm, like, a constant bummer. So I'm just, like... Still no good news, just ba only bad news. I only have shitty things, so I'm, like, kind of a bummer friend. So I actually really appreciate You're it when people... You're not a bummer friend. Well, no, I appreciate it when people reach out to me because I don't want to, like, yeah. send people a text to be, like, still here, everything still sucks. <laughs> so it's, like, it it means a lot when people reach out to me. Um, so that that's... That makes a lot of sense. I think as a friend, one when, thing that when your friend is going through something shitty, you don't know what to do. I know. Well, that's the thing is everyone's like, let me know if there's anything I can do. And I'm like, okay, like, can you open a soul cycle here? Like, I also need more underwear. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, there's nothing tangible that you can do for me. Like, I need a lot of things, but like, I don't know. I don't think you can do them for me. Yeah. Um, and then, so the other thing, which is, I recognize that like, there's probably somebody who's like, a therapist listening who is going to be like, this is not healthy. Um, but so like the only joy I have in my life right now is eating. Um, so I've just <laughs> been on like an emotional eating tour of chain restaurants in South Florida. Um, have you gone to Olive Garden yet? I don't know if there is an Olive Garden here. Oh, that's my favorite chain restaurant. I've, uh, I had chilies for dinner last night. I had fajitas. Chili's is my favorite. I love their How many times have you been to Chili's? Uh, twice. 
<laughs> I thought it was more. No. Um, I have been to um, Bonefish, uh, Bonefish Grill. I'm, and when I say go, I don't actually go there. I just get takeout from these places. Oh, I got takeout from P.F. Chang's. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just like eating my way through chain restaurants and like it's the only joy I have right now. But I, I mean, I actually legitimately really enjoy Chili's. Like, I'm not saying this I love to, like, shit on chain restaurants or, like, Florida. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Well, I mean, highs are what they are. Like, yeah, you're doing your best. I'm doing my best. Should we go on to lows? Yeah, mine is just my jet lag. <laughs> I feel like I'm high. Like, I am, like, slow and lethargic all day long. Then I have all this energy at night and I can't sleep. Then I wake up at 6 a.m. and go to the gym. Well, I was going to the gym, but then I hurt myself. So I'm just like, I'm keeping the same hours as my cat, which I guess that could be a positive if you look at it that way. But it's really hard. Um, and the other thing is I got really, really overzealously back into the gym when I got home, like going, working out twice a day. And then I pulled a muscle in my waist and like everything is hard. Like I can't really move very well. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so yesterday I was just on the couch all day long. Becca and I were supposed to podcast and at like 6 p.m. I was like, Becca, I don't think I can do this. I just fell asleep on the couch until about 11 and then, of course, was wide awake because I was jet lagged with a hurt back. Um, I'm going to try to limit myself. I feel like I'm at a shit buffet where it's like there's a lot of things that are shitty, like different flavors of shit, like everything's wrong. Um, I'm alone in Florida. It sucks. Um, my uncle is not doing well. And so I have been at a hospital every day for the past two and a half weeks. And it's like, I was talking to our friend Jackie about this. And I was like, it's oddly exhausting where I, my day is basically like, I get up. It takes me like two hours to like motivate, shower, have coffee and breakfast and like get ready to go. Cause like, I don't want to go. So I have a mental block against it. Yeah. And then I go for like. I don't know, anywhere between like six and 12 hours. And then I come home and it's like, all I do there is sit, but I come home and I'm like next level exhausted. So then I need to like recover from it. So I literally do nothing, but like I am spiritually. Well, it's very emotionally taxing. Yeah. So there's that. I'm really disappointed about not going to Asia. Um, my perfect, Obviously. Pl- yeah, my perfect plan about take it. Oh my God. Actually back to that. I got a calendar reminder yesterday for my flight to Bali. I'm supposed to be in Bali right now. And I was like, Oh, I hate everything. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why I didn't take that out of my calendar. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Oh, also, um, I broke my computer the other day when we were trying to record our podcast on Wednesday. And I spilled about two sips of seltzer on it and broke it. So I had to buy a new computer. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. And my perfect plan of, like, taking seven weeks off and, like, going on my dream vacation and then, like, going back to work is also shot. So, yeah. I have a lot of lows. Yeah. It's a shit buffet. So send hugs to Becca. Yeah. And positive energy and prayers and all those things. Should we... (laughs) So, should we talk about the book? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about the book. Okay, I need to say, before we get into the, like, the plot summary, I hated this book 
until about halfway through. And I was texting Grace. I was like, I don't like this. Grace read it before me. Um, I was like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I read it in a day. I loved it. And I was texting her and I was like, I don't like this book. And in my head, I was like, what a dud we picked. Nobody's going to listen to our podcast anymore. Like, everything sucks. <laughs> and like, this is the demise of our of like anything we have. Um, and then I hit the 50% mark and I was like, I'm addicted to this. I need to know what happens. This is so good. So I had like a real, I don't know. I don't know if other people like were in the same boat where like it took me a while to get into it. But if you were there, like go back to it. Cause once you hit around like 50%, it got good. I feel like that's how I felt with to all the boys I loved. Mm. I hated it for the first 50% and then I was like in it. Well, do you want to tell us, do you want to get us started on, like, the plot of this before we dive into talking about it? Yeah. So people are calling this book The Talented Mr. Ripley for the Digital Age, which I thought was so true because it was just like that, except they all had iPhones and Facebook and social media. Um, But I felt like it also had a really strong Gossip Girl vibe. Um, But the thing is, it's super, super dark. Yeah, and obviously, so, if you listen to the episode about the Thousand Floor, you know how much we love Gossip Girl, which is like, and yes, anything epic Gossip family. Girl, yes. Yeah. So it's about two girls. Um, there's Louise and Lavinia, and Louise has nothing. She's like very, very poor, um, comes from nothing, and then Lavinia is kind of like this trust fund baby. She has everything. Louise is 29 years old. She's living in Sunset Park in Brooklyn, which, if you know, um. Sunset Park it's not the greatest neighborhood it's like it's like probably like a solid hour from the city um she's doing a bunch of piece together jobs just to make ends meet so she tutors she works at a coffee shop and so on and so forth so Louise meets Lavinia um when she signs on to tutor Lavinia's little little sister and then suddenly Lavinia kind of takes Louise under her wing. They're going to all these fabulous parties. They're running around the city. They're hanging out with her wealthy Upper East Side friends. And before she knows it, it Louise moves into Lavinia's apartment with her. Yeah. So all this whole time, Lavinia seems like super duper glamorous. She's like doesn't have a job. She has all this money. She's like constantly drinking champagne. Um, and you kind of realize that she's a giant mess. She's like super needy. She can't be alone. Um, Louise ends up getting fired from all of her jobs and she's like running out of money. And so she actually starts stealing money from Lavinia. And meanwhile, Louise is like starting to see the real her and like that it's not actually that great. Um, but she met this guy at a party and starts hanging out with him. But it turns out that he's Lavinia's, like, super significant ex-boyfriend. And so they're, like, seeing each other in secret. So yeah. things come to a head. They're at this club, which I think is supposed to be, like, the box in New York. Yeah. I, th- I pictured the box. Yeah. And so they get in this fight. And um, Louise accidentally kills Lavinia. She doesn't kill her. Lavinia, like, slips and hits her head on a counter in a bathroom and dies. Um, But, and and so, like, that's, I mean, it's not great, but it's, she didn't, like, shoot her. Um, But Louise, rather than just being like, oh, my God, my friend died, she like weekend and Bernie's her and brings her out of the club, 
brings her back home and takes over her Facebook and Instagram and like takes over her phone. She's texting friends. She's texting people. She's doing her voice on the phone and like pretending that she's actually alive. And so she's on this gambit for like more than six months. She pretends that they got in a fight and that Lavinia is now sober and doing a lot of yoga and hanging out with a different crowd. She's like texting her sister. She's emailing her parents. Like she is keeping up appearances. Um, And she's dating Lavinia's ex-boyfriend this whole time. So ultimately, um, Lavinia's younger sister comes back on a school break and figures out eventually that Louise is, is keeping Lavinia alive and that Lavinia is actually dead. So at the end, the end got really awkward and we can talk about this more, but Louise tells the, the boyfriend, Rex, that she killed Lavinia and then she kills him. She drowns him. She like, yeah. it wasn't an yeah. accident. Like she kills, kills him. Um, and then like leaves and goes on the run. Yeah, I thought that we can talk about the ending as we go through discussion, but I I thought it was shocking. Oh, sorry, I'm changing positions. I'm like on the floor in the closet and like my leg is asleep. Okay, let's start with just like overall thoughts. Yes. So I really love the book. Um, I started it on a Saturday night and I spent all of Sunday finishing it. And that's like my favorite thing in the world to do when – You, like, want to stay up all night reading, but you go to bed, and then you just have, like, a lazy Sunday where you read all day. In hindsight, I think I might have been just, like, starved for a new thriller because I've been reading so much nonfiction as well as um, some historical fiction and then, like, all of the YA books that we've been reading lately. So I was, like, super psyched to have a thriller. I, I was very invested. I thought the part about her keeping her alive on social media was so interesting and, like, crazy because she was just like googling pictures and like she constructed this whole life for her on Instagram I thought that was so I don't know I just thought it was fascinating I like needed to know what happened I thought the book was really pretentious it reminded me like the way it was written was even a little pretentious it reminded me of um you know Donna Tartt who wrote The Goldfinch yeah her first book from like the 90s is called the secret history and it's about this like secret society at like an elite boarding or an elite college that like is supposed to be something like probably akin to like Middlebury and um it like has these like cultish rituals and it's like all these very very waspy upper crust people and it it, something about it reminded me of that where I was like I don't know like it was it was the book was almost like too pretentious which uh-huh. I think was on purpose. Like, the people in it were pretentious people, and they were – I don't think they were supposed to be particularly likable. Um, but yeah. something about the way the book was written where I was like, oh, I don't care. I didn't care about anything until, like, 50% through. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that the last half of the book was definitely the better half of the book. Yeah. Well, wait. So I wanted to ask you this, and I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this before, but it was in the notes, yeah. so I don't know if you saw it. But, like, obviously this is not my genre. Yeah. I'm, like, into a love story, not a murder. But, like, yeah. and, and we all know that Grace's um, reading habits is, like, every knockoff of Gone Girl. Like, where yeah. does this fit into, like, the women's interest thriller universe? Like, it isn't a Gone Girl ripoff. What are, like, the different 
archetypes of like thrillers like is this one totally different than what's out there is this i would put it under like suspense um uh, i don't i haven't read anything really like this yeah because it's not it's not your your gone girl ripoff of like well, I guess she kills her boyfriend at the end, but it seems different. Um, in other news, Becca, just so you know, Tyrion just climbed into my bar cart and is eating a straw on the bar cart. Oh, I love his, I'm like... i to kill him. I, He's so funny. I love how spunky he is. He he's used to spunky. only hide under the couch, so it feels like he's really coming out of his shell now that Grace lives in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. He's, he's completely out of his shell. He's a maniac. Today I found him playing with a dried up cockroach and I don't know where the cockroach oh. came from. It was like fossilized, Becca. Sorry, we're getting totally off track, but it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Ew, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, sorry. Ugh. So I don't really know where this book fits. I haven't read anything like it because it. I get the pretentious thing. It felt like that whole like waspy, like Upper East Side type of deal but then it was also like very suspenseful and there was this whole mystery angle I don't even know if it was a like I guess it was a thriller it was just I felt like rather rather than being like nervous or whatever I had just so much secondhand anxiety for for Louise oh I I didn't you're making so many bad decisions why are you doing this I hated her I was like somebody find this bitch out she deserves to be caught I don't know. No, but in the beginning, I had secondhand anxiety for her because she was just making all these bad financial decisions, like skipping work to hang out with Lavinia and all of that. Well, at that part, I didn't like the book and I didn't like any of the characters. So I don't know. I didn't have anxiety for her. I was like, this girl probably needs to be medicated. Well, I think they both did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Lavinia also could have easily been a murderer. Like if I didn't know from Mm -hmm. the Amazon description that Lavinia dies, like it really could have gone either way. Oh, it totally could have. Um, what did you think of the characters? So I thought that the character development was actually pretty good. And you're probably going to disagree with me. Um, but I found like, I love when you feel like really conflicted towards the characters. Um, pre, pre murder. I really liked them both at times, but I also hated them at other times. I felt like you felt really sympathetic towards them, even though they're like, (laughs) just both so messed up. Well, so I thought it was interesting because I actually have known people like Lavinia. Interesting. I'm obviously not going to say more, but, you know, that... Is it someone I know? No. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, this person in their early 20s who's, like, trying so hard to be glamorous and, like, actually isn't very comfortable with themselves and, like, can't be alone and, like, is just, like, a cyclone of drama. Yeah. I don't know. I've known people like that. Yeah. I got who she was. I did not feel anything towards Louise. Like, I I was interested in her when she killed her and was keeping her alive on social media. But, like, beforehand, like, she had, like, a ton of inner... Her whole inner monologue was, like, self-doubt. And, like, it wasn't because she was doubting herself that I disliked her. But, like, I don't know. There was something about her that I was like, girl, go see a therapist. Like, get some medication. Something is not right here. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it gave me so much anxiety. Like, we watched Louise, but also Lavinia. They both just made bad decision after bad decision. Right. Um, I was, like, cringing the whole time. What did you think, like, as as far as – have you seen The Talented Mr. Ripley? No, I haven't. I... Oh, that's so funny. You need to watch it after having read this book. 
because it this book is like actually kind of like a total ripoff of the of the talented Mr. Oh, really? Because when I Mm -hmm. read in the description that it's like a talented Mr. Ripley for the digital age, I was like, I don't know what that means. Oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Well, you can talk about that. I don't have anything to add. I just felt like it was like a complete total ripoff. Like you can match up every single character there. And I felt like Hal, um, Rex's friend, was totally the Philip Seymour Hoffman character from The Talented Mr. Ripley. Like I'm not going to keep go into this too much, but it, like I felt like this book literally took that plot line, put two girls in it, made it digital, and there you go. Well, I'm not here to disagree with you because I don't know. <laughs> oh, so the one thing that I also wanted to talk about was about how, so like Lavinia definitely has a pattern where she like makes these new best friends, takes them under her wing, and then like disposes of them. So she had Mimi, who was like her Louise 1.0, um, who was like the side character in the book who was like not stalking her, but like, like she clearly was like dumped in this like yeah it was more than a friendship but like um Lavinia just like cast her aside but okay so one thing I thought was really interesting was have you ever had like a really fast glam BFF I mean like not to this level that it like involves murder obviously but like have you ever had one of those like friendships where you're like a I guess like kind of a party friendship where you're like you meet someone, you're like, oh, my God, we're going to yeah, be best friends. Yeah, I think friends. when I was younger. Yeah, me too. And then you just never really see them again. Like, it wasn't ever, like, a best friend, but it was, like, this new friend that you meet out or, like, meet through friends. And you're like, oh, my God, I love you. Oh, I love you too. And then the next thing you know, like, you go out a few times and then you never see them again. Exactly. Yes. Like, I think Kind of like a, a boyfriend almost, but a girlfriend like friend yeah I think that there's like I don't know I've totally had friendships like that where it's like this really fast glam best friendship and then you're like oh we're, we're not friends anymore never gonna see you again yeah yeah uh, just like each other's instagrams maybe yeah totally totally yeah. totally another sidebar like I think it can be so hard to have wealthy friends like especially friends that are independently wealthy um when I was in my late 20s, this isn't a friend, but my ex was independently wealthy. And so, like, a lot of this book gave me a weird throwback. Like, I felt like I was always going to work and I was going to be late. And he could kind of, you know, do whatever he wanted to, like Lavinia. He was the Lavinia. Did you yeah. murder him? What? Did you murder him? I didn't. I, I have never murdered anyone. Just wondering. <laughs> just wondering yeah. how far this parallel went. Yeah. No, but it was just really hard because, like, I felt I felt for Louise when um, Lavinia would pay for all this stuff, but then Louise was, like, going broke just p- paying for her taxi to get home. And it was, like, hard to complain because, you know, he's he would be, like, taking me to these fancy dinners, but then I'd pick up the seamless tab. But because he was just used to ordering so much food or, like, ordering from really nice places on seamless, like, the seamless bill would be, like, $100. Oh, my God. So, I felt like I was always that, like, going gives broke. me hives. Like, a $100 seamless order actually, like, right? makes me, my skin crawl. Yeah, but, like, and I was also, like, in my 20s and not making a ton of money, and I felt like I was always broke, but I couldn't say anything because, in comparison, he paid, he still was paying for, like, 80% of everything. It was just, like, so next level and, like, not what I was used to and not what I even wanted, but you can't say anything when they're spending so much more money than you, but you're still going broke on the parts that you are spending money on. 
So that gave me a weird throwback. You and Louise are like the Jenny Humphrey of the Gossip Girl universe. Where you're yes, like, we're very Je- Jenny Humphrey. You're very Jenny Humphrey. <laughs> you're like trying to fit in with the rich, cool kids. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we just talk about how crazy it is that she, like, kept her alive on social media? And, like, if you read the book, I think you'll get where what I'm saying. Like, if you didn't read the book... It sounds far-fetched that you could, like, keep somebody alive, but, like, she was checking in on Instagram. Like, at one point, Uh she sent Lavinia on this road trip, and so she was, like, taking – she was going cross-country from, like, New York to California, and she was just, like, taking sunset photos or, like, taking vague Uh photos of a girl doing yoga. Um, And it's, like, you could totally do that. Like, there's so much – so many photos out there in the universe, and I feel like social media is so, like – I don't know, like – well, especially you. Like, you have – over a hundred thousand followers like people don't know you like if you if you just took random stock photography and you were like I'm on this trip to Asia of course not that you did that you could totally just like dupe people into thinking you were doing something that you totally weren't it was it was crazy like obviously we know that social media isn't always true where it's like you know somebody's like who's Instagram famous is like posting a photo of brunch on Sunday but they're actually laying in bed but it's like this took it to like the next level Yeah, it was super creepy. But, like, you really could do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I also loved – there was, like, a whole other part where she was – where Louise was pretending that Lavinia got really into fitness. So she had her class pass synced up to Facebook and was, like, going to all of these classes so that it then, like, made status updates. Like, it was insane. Like, it was very thorough. it was, very crafty. But, like, I could see how that could happen. You could get away with that. And, like, everyone just thought that Lavinia was, like, hanging out with a new crowd, like, was... That she had, like, ditched them. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, like, keeping up with her life and, like, because of her updates weren't, like, hey, it's suspicious that we haven't seen her in a while. Like, do do you think she's dead? Not that your mind would go there first, like... And then replying to all the text messages and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the part that was far-fetched was that, like... Louise was doing her voice and actually talking to people on the phone. Yeah, that was that. I was like, mm. yeah, I don't I mean, I guess if you were like a very I, I think very few people could pull that off. Yeah, there are some people, though, that can do voices really well. Yeah, like people can do impressions, but like there was nothing in the book that was set up that would like lead me to believe that she was like a talented impressionist. Yeah, you're right. That was far-fetched. So, like, that part was far-fetched. But, like, the text, like, you know, knowing how to text in somebody's voice, like, like, I don't want to, like, sell you out or anything. But sometimes, like, on our newsletter, like, I'll just write Grace's updates and I can kind of talk in your voice just because I know yeah. how you, like, text and write. So sometimes I'll, like, <laughs> write your half, too, and then, like, be, like, you can change it if you want, but I just, like, did this for simplicity's sake. Like, I don't know if I can text as you, but, like, yeah, like, people have a specific voice that they use when they're texting. I'm getting really creeped out. I'm are not you going to take you. over my, are you going to take, o- kill me and take over my social media? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Okay, good. But I could. <laughs> you totally could. That's really creepy. Um, um, should we talk about the ending? Yes. When she, yeah. So, okay, like, refresher. Basically, she, like, confesses. Okay, so she gets called out by Lavinia's sister that on Facebook that 
she's crazy and murdered Lavinia. And um, she totally has a cover for it. But then she confesses to her boyfriend, Rex, that she killed her. And then they go to Coney Island on New Year's, which is something that her and Lavinia had done the year before. And they're in the water. It's freezing. And, like, she drowns him. It was... Yeah. You go. It was just so far-fetched. I was like, wait, what just happened? I knew she would go on the run. Like, I saw that part coming. But I was just, like, very shocked that she killed him. It was also unnecessary. Yeah. It was like, you have this thing going, you can keep this up, or you could go on the run without murdering him. Yeah. And also, like, don't confess. Yeah. I don't know. It it was special. It was weird. Yeah. I just... I, I didn't think it was believable at all. No, I mean... But I still it, love the book. Yeah, it, like, wrapped up the story well, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked the book. I thought it was... I thought it was really... It was just, like, a fun, fast read. Um, I thought it was totally creepy and disturbing, which I liked. Um, the ending was weird, but I still... It, that didn't ruin it for me. Yeah, I came around to it. It's, it's not my genre, admittedly, yeah. but... I came around. It's not even really my genre. Like I said, I don't even know. I have never read anything like it. But I still enjoyed it. Shall we move on to other business? Yes. Um, what are you obsessed with this week, Becca? Okay. So I don't have, like, a real obsession. My obsession is vague. But I – so podcasts have been become, like, hugely important to me in the past two weeks. So it's weird because I am alone in Florida – But I live alone in New York City, and I think in New York, like, it's so busy when you're out and about that, like, living alone and being by yourself is, like, a respite. Like, it's, like, it feels like having your own space is, like, having a refuge. Here, I, like, come home, and I'm, like, kind of bored and lonely. So I've been listening to so many podcasts where I, like, get so excited when there's new episodes of podcasts I like because I feel like I have friends. Yeah, yeah. So I've just been, like, ripping through the back catalogs of a bunch of podcasts that I like. So um, Second Life, do you listen to that with Hillary Kerr? I don't. You've told me about it and how much you like it, though. So I really like it. I've been listening to a lot of back episodes of that. I'm obsessed with Who Weekly. I, like, can't – I get so excited when there's new episodes of that. I love Forever 35. I really like this podcast um, called The Great Debates, which is these two guys who debate, like, completely – inane topics very seriously like there's an episode that's like it would be cool if the pope had an affair with Maura Tierney and like one takes the pro and one takes the con and they like go at it it's very funny oh my god um that's really funny and then I've been like testing out a lot of new podcasts like I started listening to um Lauren Everts what's Lauren Everts thing oh the skinny confidential skinny confidential I started listening to that I've been like you've recommended a few to me like I I don't know. Like, I'm just like, oh, my podcast friends. I've just been, like, really getting into podcasts here in a way that when I'm at home alone in New York, I'm, like, not compelled to be, like, listening to people. I don't know. Yeah. I hope I'm somebody's fake friend. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're hanging out with friends. Yeah, it does. People have written that on on our podcast reviews, which is really nice. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. What's your obsession? My obsession is definitely Ambien. So I need to get back <laughs> on track. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, although I have taken Ambien a few nights to help me sleep. 
Um, <laughs> link to in like I, the yeah. show notes, like onlinepharmacy.com. Ambient. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I would say my obsession this week is like everything hydration, like especially just pure coconut oil because I got a lot of sun when I was in Asia and now I feel like my skin is kind of falling off. So I've just been hydrating like crazy. Also, you took so many flights and I feel like when I take even like a six hour flight, I'm like just zapped of all hydration. Never mind. Like you took like a 36 hour journey on your way back. Yeah. After that journey, I was pretty, um, pretty rough looking. You know what happens to me on really, really long flights? I what? always get dandruff. Like my, Ooh, really? my scalp. Yeah, like my scalp dehydrates. That's probably interesting. TMI. That's really interesting. I wonder why that ha- I mean, it just, it's it dryness, just dries I you think. out completely. Yeah. Just and the recycle know. there is just disgusting, but that's another another thing. The other thing I'm obsessed with right now is, do you watch Younger? Of course I watch Younger. It's been one of my favorites for a while, but I think the new season is just so, so good. I don't want to give away what's going on. I'm but, super um, into Younger this season. I'm also, do you watch The Bold Type? Yes, I just caught up on that last night. Oh, super into The Bold Type this season. It's so cute. Yes, I'm there with you. So cute. What about Instagram accounts? What Instagram account are you loving? So this account I've been following for a long time. Um, it's a girl called Allie Provost, um, just A-L-L-I-E-P-R-O-V-O-S-T. And she has amazing travel content and like really, really beautiful photos. She's a photographer and a blogger, but she also just has the best Instagram stories. Like my Instagram stories are very in the moment and they're very, um, I like my stories. They're fun, but um, hers are just so pretty. Like, I, I watch her stories, and I'm literally like, how did she do that? Like, she'll take a picture of flowers, then put, like, a color overlay over it, then erase something from it. And they're, like, little, like, they're, they're like little works of art. Um, I really, I really enjoy her stories. What about you? Uh, okay, so this is, like, emotional cutting a little bit. Um, but my Instagram obsession is this account called The Bali Taylor. Uh, oh, B-A-L-I-T-A-I-L-O-R. And How did you find this? So this is something that one of our listeners suggested to me um, when I was collecting recommendations for Asia. It's this um, store in Seminyak on Bali that does custom leather. And so they do mm. shoes. They do leather jackets. It's all in Australian dollars. So the um, exchange rate is in our favor, too. But it's pretty inexpensive. Like, I think the jackets are like $300 maybe. And it seems like they can – well, they have styles that – they have and they can custom fit them for your body but it also seems like you could just like bring them photos of anything and they can rip it off oh my god so this is one of the things that I was like most excited to do this was going to be one of my souvenirs but I still am following them on Instagram and I'm obsessed you're gonna go you're gonna I'm going to go yeah yeah but super obsessed with this yeah should we I like this account I follow it too now oh good so I feel like this is going to be, we let's try to be quick on it, but we've read so much. We've both read so, so much since last. So much. Last time. Should I start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I read was When Life Gives You Lululemons, the new Lauren Weisberger book, the like follow-up to The Devil Wears Prada. You also read that, right? Yes. I loved it. Loved it. I think I loved it more for the nostalgia factor. Like I think if I didn't. There was such a good nostalgia. Yeah. Like if I didn't love the Devil Wears Prada and if I like, 
if I'd never seen that movie, if I didn't love that, I don't know that I would have loved this book, but I loved it. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. Emily was like I, my favorite character in the, especially in the movie. Same. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, this one centers around Emily um, now in her, I guess like forties. Yes. Loved it. So the next thing I read was I read this book called Save the Date by Morgan Matson. And this one was kind of like a John Hughes movie as a YA novel. And so it's about this girl whose older sister is getting married. And there's like all this family drama. And she's like has a crush on two different guys. It was so cute. I don't really even know how to explain this, but it was adorable. Somebody in our Facebook group said that they tried this book and they didn't like the main character. I loved the main character. I loved this book. I would highly recommend it. Very, like, fluffy, very up my alley. Um, Like, not going to win a Pulitzer, but loved it. The next thing I read was Sophia of Silicon Valley by Anna Yen. This one I did not love. Um, I got sent a copy of that, and I haven't picked it up yet. So I always love books that are about startups because I've mostly worked in startups my career, so I like fictionalized versions of it um however this one literally felt like the author read the steve jobs biography and then like like inserted a side character that was this girl sophia and then like wrote a book about it it was also like way too long i don't know there was something about it like i i liked it at the beginning and i liked it less and less the longer i read it But I was so invested that I, like, needed to keep reading. So then, okay, so the next two I have have, were advanced copies. Would highly recommend both. So I read this book called The Shortest Way Home by Miriam Parker. And this is, oh, this book was really cute. It was about a girl who, she's, like, 30. And she has this, like, perfect life. She's graduating business school. She has a great job that she's getting ready to start at Goldman Sachs. She has this, like, boyfriend who she thinks is getting ready to propose to her. And they go to Napa, and she decides to just live there. And so she, like, throws away her, like, conventionally perfect life and, like, works at a winery and starts this whole new, like, simple but, like, more fulfilling life. Loved it. Loved it. Highly recommend it. comes out in July. Um, I'll I'll try to remember to remind you, or you could pre-order it. Loved it. Okay. Next one is this book called... The Royal Runaway by Lindsay Emery. So this one doesn't come out until October. Um, But I think this is actually like the perfect blend of our interests, Grace, because it's a book about royals, which we both love. It's a love story. But the plot line is that this girl who's the princess of, I can't remember, some fake country, um, is stood up at the altar. And um, so she... It's, like, three months later. She meets this guy. She, like, sneaks out of the palace. She meets this guy at a bar who she thinks is, like, going to... She's going to, like, have a one-night stand with. But it turns out that he is her ex-fiance's brother. And he didn't stand her up at the altar. He was kidnapped. And so they both, like, go on this hunt to find him and figure out what happened. Um, So it's, like, a little thriller. But, like, there's also a love story. It was great. It's totally fluffy. Loved it. Ooh, I, I need to read that. Yep. Totally into it. And then I'm in the middle of two books right now. I've had a lot of reading time, but I've, I've slowed down a little this week. Um, I'm reading Dead Mom's Club 
by Kate Spencer, who's the host of Forever 35. I am loving it. It is a memoir oh, about I her mom her. dying. Um, okay. I don't think I've mentioned this here before, but I'm like a veteran member of the Dead Moms Club. Um, and I'm kind of going through something similar now. So I was like really craving something that was like making me feel like I wasn't crazy or alone in this. So I'm really enjoying it, but I'm reading it pretty slowly because like I, it makes me cry. Okay, so then I'm also reading this book called Hot Mess by Lucy Vine, and I'm only like a third of the way through. This one was something that somebody in our Facebook group recommended, and um, it's like kind of like a Bridget Jones for the new generation, where this girl who's like about 30 and kind of all over the place is just kind of like navigating through like relationships and career and, and whatnot. It's I'm really enjoying it so far. My favorite part is there's a whole plot line about her dad is writing a knockoff version of Fifty Shades of Grey called 75 Hues of Tony. And it's like, and there's, he keeps emailing it to her in the book. So there's like excerpts from it. And it's so terrible, but fantastic. And I'm like, it literally makes me cry laughing when, when it's that part. So not done with that, but like so far so good. Okay. Run me through what you've read. Um, so what I'm reading right now, or what I read, I read a lot while I was in Asia. I don't think I read quite as much as you, because since I've been home, I've been watching a lot of TV, just like getting be- caught back up on all of that. Um, but first I read When Life Gives You Lemons, and kind of just to echo everything you said, I loved it. I thought it was so cute. Emily was also my favorite character, and I loved the Miranda Priestly cameo. Oh, I, yeah. I just like loved it. Um, it felt like so good and comforting. Like I was kind of like hanging out with my old friends and, but I will say I didn't love the, um, there was this, another sequel, like when Andy and Andy, whatever her name was, Andy worked for a bridal mag. Do you remember that one? I think I missed that because I saw I didn't it, love that one. I saw that. I didn't read it. And then I saw people talking about it and they said, you didn't need to read that to read this one. So I heard it was not good though. So I didn't. I didn't yeah, it wasn't it good. The other one I read, speaking of not good, was um, The Favorite Sister by Jessica Knoll. And I had been sent an advanced copy of this, and I was, like, so excited about it because I love her. Like, I think she's – like, I loved The Luckiest Girl Alive. And I just had – it was, like, pulling teeth getting into this. I did make it all the way through, but I was just, like – the ending was good. It just took so long to get through it. And there were so many characters. They were all like deeply unlikable startup women. Like think of like the worst startup bosses or like examples of like like bad women in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and like make that be like a book about five of them on a reality TV show. And I'm also like I had a lot of my readers DM me as I was reading it saying like, oh, I love it, but I also love reality TV, and I don't really like reality television. Like, I watch Southern Charm because I love Charleston, and I like what a hot mess that show is, and sometimes I watch The Bachelor, but that's it. So I was just like, I hated it, like, that part. Mm. Um, it was a bummer because I really wanted to like it. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on Instagram of people who I follow who are like, yeah, it's I didn't finish it, or it was pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Um, a great book that I read that you weren't a huge fan of was The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Um, I got really into this one. I thought it was so cute. It's this like office romance where they like hate each other, but then they kind of like don't hate each other. And 
I just, oh my God, I thought it was so cute. I like couldn't put it down. It made me so happy, especially after having read The Favorite Sister. Like I needed something that I really like liked. I I will go on record saying that I didn't dislike this book. I just like, I thought it was a little monotonous. I thought the office drama part went on for too long and was boring. It was cute. I it just see that. Like when we, when you suggested doing an episode about it, I was like, I don't think we need to bring that into the world. Like we will absolutely, you're you're right. Like we will absolutely support the trash that is the paper princess with an episode at some point. Like, don't you worry? Like we are not above that. But like this one just felt like I was like, it's not such spectacular trash that I need to talk about it. Like it was just like, it was good for what it was. Yeah. Um, then I read two books that were like kind of like boy books, I guess you would say, like if we're oh. going to be like really stereotypical. Um, one was called Vicious by V.E. Schwab. And this one was about these two boys in prep school who basically realize that superheroes are um, created, not born. And that the way to do it is to come back from the brink of like a death, ex- like a near death experience. Oh. So they both become extraordinaries or eos which is kind of like having superhuman abilities um and then it's kind of like this chase that takes place mostly 10 years after that so it was it wasn't my favorite book i've read but i thought it was a really creative idea and like fun to read um the next one that i read was called the oracle year which was a book of the month pick that I just like had sitting on my shelf for a while so I packed it for Asia and was like we'll see what this is about um and it was a little bit slower um it took me a while to get into it but it was also kind of comic booky so this one Hmm. there's this guy Will and he wakes up one morning with 108 different predictions about what's going to happen in the future and so he kind of becomes this oracle but all of these people want to take him down and kill him So it's this whole big, like, chase. Um, And I thought it was good. It was, like, a very fun read. The guy who wrote it also wrote Daredevil. He's, like, a very accomplished, like, kind of comic book type of author. I I enjoyed it. It was not my usual genre at all, but it was fun. And then right now I'm about halfway through Indecent by Corinne Sullivan. And I honestly can't tell you if I like this or not. Um... It is about this girl who's 22 and she's like an apprentice teacher and she strikes up an affair with one of her high school students. Oh my God, it's a Casey Witter. Yes. So their age difference is only like four years, but it it kind of like to go with the theme of social creature, there's just so much secondhand anxiety and I'm like so stressed out about it. Like it's giving, it's making, it's really creepy and the main character is not particularly likable. So it's, um... I have a lot of feelings. I'm not sure that I like it yet, but I'm going to keep reading it. Okay. So, so we've both read a lot of books. Yeah, we've read a lot. It's been all over the Yeah. Map. But yeah. we're going to read our next book that we're going to talk about in two weeks, or I guess a week and a half at this point, is called A Million Junes by Emily Henry. And should I read the Yeah. Okay. So this is just from Amazon. Neither of us have read this yet, but we've had a lot of listeners say that they read it and loved it. So everyone in the Facebook group is loving it. Yes. Join the Facebook group. Yes. Just search for Bad on Paper Podcast. Um, We haven't been very good at being desperate this episode, but we can do that at the end. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is from Amazon. Uh, the description says, Romeo and Juliet meets 100 years of solitude about the daughter and son of two long-feuding families who fall in love while trying to uncover the truth about the strange magic and harrowing curse that has plagued their bloodline for generations. Okay, so I'm not going to read, like, the full thing, but, like, my my impression here is that we get a love story, but we also get some, like, magic. And we haven't read anything fantasy-y on the podcast yet. But, like, I loved A Discovery of Witches, which apparently is being turned into a TV show in the UK. I don't know. If we'll oh, my God. That's here. amazing. I know. I like some, like, witches and vampires and... Oh, me too. etc. So, I'm excited. I've heard really, really good things about this one. I'm really excited for it. I didn't realize there was magic, and I love magic. Mm-hmm. There's magic. Yay. So we're going to talk about that in a week and a half. I don't have a calendar, so I don't know what day it is. Um, and we're going to... On July 11th. And we're going to try to have regular episodes, but bear with me a little in case we yeah. don't. Um, but in the meantime, let's get desperate. Grace? Yes. So... Please, 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 whatever you're doing, um, rate, review, and re- and subscribe in iTunes. Um, we would appreciate it so, so much. If you have this up on your phone, take a screenshot of it maybe and put it on your Instagram story. Tell your friends to like this. Um, it really helps the podcast grow. Um, and we just really appreciate your support so much. Also, join the Facebook group because we've talked about it nine times in this episode, and I'm not even, like, trying to hype it, but, like, I love the I get Facebook group. so many good book recommendations from there. Um, just search yes. Bad on Paper Podcast on Facebook, and you'll find it. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yes. So thanks for letting us be a little desperate, but we really, really appreciate your support, and it does just help the podcast grow, and we want to reach as many listeners as possible. Yeah. So we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys.